All right, Sunday, August 21st. I appreciate you guys for joining me here on The Greatest Transfer of Wealth. This is your host, Zach Rector, coming to you live for a Sunday night session. If you're listening on the podcast, you probably won't catch it till tomorrow. But uh, make sure you got the notification bells turned on for the YouTube and the Twitter so that you can know when we're going live. We try to stay consistent, but we also pop on here for random late night sessions where we're going to run it up as well today. Tonight's live stream, we're going to be talking about the potential for a forced buyback. No clickbait. Nope. We are going to get into it. We're going to talk about the potential. We found a new document that talks about restricting investors from participating in the new system. So we're going to be talking about some new documents that we did come across. Okay, this is not clickbait. A forced XRP buyback is tonight's topic after we get into the full update. So I appreciate you guys for joining me tonight. Let's take a look here at our cryptocurrency prices. For our Bitcoin, we are at 21473 bucks. 21000 for Bitcoin. We topped uh, out at twenty five k last week, bringing us all the way down to $20,700. we will take a look at the chart here in a second. And Ethereum is at 1600 XRP is at $0.34. Cents. Just broke through, showing 33.98 right now. I just bought XRP at $0.33 cents this last uh, two days ago when we were down at $0.33. Cents. What, a, what a pleasure, what a joy that was. Uh, let's move on over to this chart. So this was the chart I shared on August 6th with my Discord group. I said, guys, my targets for the full moon time, f- time frame, which is about five days before, five days after, for Bitcoin is 20,700. So if you look at this this chart here, I put target achieved. We reached down here to 20,050 essentially, right below 20,800. So we did achieve that target and that signal was put out to the Discord group on August 6th. And um, you know, we're just doing simple technical analysis here, looking at these markets and that was kind of a lucky call, I guess, but um, you know, we've been making money shorting Bitcoin recently. I was going over my numbers with my Discord group on Saturday, our weekly call, and I'm up 40% in the last month, three to four on my trades. The one trade that I lost, I was actually break even. So, but, uh, you know, that's just a little fun. We'll see what happens, you know, with the trading hustle, with the trading game. This is the most manipulated asset class in the world, in all of markets. So I don't really have high expectations, but nonetheless, The important part is that we're able to take advantage of these opportunities for buying XRP and other assets at a discount, at a cheaper price than the week before. We understand during these times, we can have conviction with our investments because we knew it was coming and we know where it goes. Very simple. We knew the price drop was coming and we know where it goes. And uh, that was a very simple signal and it came in late. This is is the thing about this... uh, Three for four, the one trade was break even because I got out last week right before it dipped. And I knew that that was going to happen. I got out at break even because I'd been in the trade for a long time, over a week. And I said, I'm getting my chips off the table. I'm back at break even. Even though this thing's looking like my call might might come through, it was coming in late. Uh, because the time frame is about five days before, five days after that moon phase pattern, that, that window of opportunity. Waters above crypto, huge shout out, put us onto that program months ago. Back at the start of Rosh Hashanah, back at the start of the Jewish New Year. Um, and there's a reason why we cover that too. The calendars, the dates, the numerology all matters. It's actually crazy. Um, you know, a lot of people think, dismiss it. Crazy talk, numerology. No, absolutely. There's a rhyme and a reason here for all of this. And um, it was very simple. You know, this 
this market was getting too overheated. It was a very easy call. So it was funny. It's like, uh, you know, BitBoy came out and said some, I know some other folks said something about, you know, bull runs back on. Right. And so it was, you know, the hype was all there and it got extended out, but this correction was due. And so, uh, you know, with that being said, we're just watching these markets and our program has been pretty dialed in as of late. So continuing on, we had in the world stage events, we're going to go through current events and then we will be going into our cryptocurrency news, talking about that forced XRP buyback tonight. Uh, really looking forward to this conversation with you guys. I'll be taking some questions at the end of the show and we can open up for uh, conversation. Really looking forward to it. Thank you for joining me. Putin ally assassination attempt reportedly ends in daughter's death. Yes, so it's being reported out of Russia uh, that this the daughter of this gentleman here, Putin ally, uh, was uh, assassinated in this uh, apparent targeted attack on an ally of Mr. Putin over there in Russia. Now, we're watching it unfold. It's really chaos over there in um, in that region with Ukraine, with Russia, and some of these other countries. And with what's at stake here, there's big time moves being made. This goes to show that. This confirms what we've been talking about, that the situation has gone live. The situation's hot in multiple regions. And I don't like using the World War III term. I think it's too dramatic. And I pray that we don't have the World War. But we have multiple war fronts that are being fought, that are going live. And you have uh, you know, espionage. You have hacks. You have situations like this, which is uh, you know, unfortunate to see. But nonetheless, we continue to watch and try to get good information out of that region and dissect it. Um, Mr. Biden, make sure to keep on sending about a billy per week over to Ukraine, uh, continuing the money laundering operation that is the country of Ukraine. But nonetheless, we continue to watch this situation and uh, we pray for peace. This 70-year channel is quite powerful. This is from HOZ on Twitter. 70-year channel that he found. It has accurately given top and bottom signals. If true, then 1776 through 1850 on the S&P 500 in 2023. So what he's saying here is we are about to have a serious correction down below uh, 2000, down to 1776 to 1850 for the S&P 500. Okay, so if you look at this chart going back here a ways, it, uh, that, that chart. Going back a ways here on this chart, 1975, 1982, and in 2009, we all went down and touched this bottom support level on this channel, okay? So we will continue to watch that. We've seen actually multiple technical analysis guys on uh, Twitter sharing similar charts. So we'll continue to watch that as well. Um, for us, it's been a very simple call. We have not cleaned out the space. We have not cleaned out the financial system. We have not burned it down. We have not done and had the complete controlled demolition. The cyber attacks where systems go offline, where the exchanges get hacked. We know they're going insolvent, but we still have a ways to go. The purge is still underway. Okay. Uh, same things happening in the traditional stock market as well. And we continue to watch that. I don't have any stock plays at the moment. The only stock plays I'd be looking at would be early uh, pre-IPO investment. If you, don't, if you don't get in early, then, you know, the opportunity is not as big. It's very simple. But continuing on, U.S. mortgage lenders are starting to go broke. Independent mortgage lenders are seeing their credit lines cut. Liquidity crisis confirmed. And we're going to continue to watch that situation as well. You know, we just go case by case here. The liquidity crisis is one that we're seeing. And, you know, the folks that 
we invest with talk about solving these problems, these massive problems. And right here, you're seeing that this party's up. The mortgage lenders are starting to go broke. Independent mortgage lenders are seeing their credit lines cut. You're seeing this in other businesses too. Business lines are getting cut. Working capital getting cut. The mortgage interest rates have gone uh, much higher. They finally tapered off a little bit. But the Fed still has a ways to go with the rate hikes, according to their meetings, according to what they're saying. Are they going to bluff and pivot? Yes, eventually. Eventually, uh, Fed Chair Powell and the Federal Reserve will have to pivot from what they're doing now. Or maybe they won't even be included in the reset restructuring. See, th th there's a ways to go here, folks. And, and I've been telling my people that here, we have a situation that we need to be prepared for the next 12 to 18 months. We're going to be in a storm. Especially in the United States, other countries are further along, actually, in fixing their financial system, fix fixing their economy. They're already collapsing as we speak much further along. So maybe they will recover faster here in the United States. We're just starting to see it. So that's why I say in America, folks, we are in it for a while. The system can be turned back on quickly, but there's going to be a lot that needs to be uh, rebuilt and, and, and restructured repriced and we're going to get into that when we talk about the xrp buyback later on in this show and yes we, we're not scared to talk about the buyback the, the, the historical precedent is buying back reserve currencies i.e the gold purchasing uh that took place inflation is hitting the average joe very very bad this is the average cpi numbers year over year but this is utility costs gasoline food at home and electricity upwards of 30%. So while they tell us that the CPI, uh, the phony fake CPI data that they give us at 8.5%, well, if you look at utilities, gasoline, food at home, electricity, the stuff that actually matters, we're at 30% plus. In some of the other areas, it's even worse. Uh, like we're seeing in Europe, their, their price of gasoline and energy has gone up 50 to 100%. Representative Jim Jordan, want to own a car? That will cost you 11% more than last year. Want to fly on a plane? That will cost you 23% more than last year. How about staying in a hotel? That will cost you 40% more than last year. He says Joe Biden's America. I think Jim understands that uh, lots being reset, restructured. I think that he's actually one of the good guys, not to get political, but I do like what I hear out of him. I, I always want more action, um, more action, less talking out of these guys. Um, you know, they take a stand, but they're not getting anything done. But Jim Jordan, uh, his message, very simple, calling out, you know, whether Biden's running the show, whether this is Obama's third term, this program's not working out. That's not political. Is the recession impacting you right now? That's not political. I've been trying to tell people, you know, over the last week, we just went crazy on TikTok, triggered all, all the snowflakes got triggered. They keep on stitching me. It's just crazy. Hilarious, actually. Um, but it's like, how's your program working out? Very simple. Very simple. They have no response. They don't want to be held accountable, and they don't want to admit that this is an absolute failure. And in my opinion, it's a it's a controlled collapse. It's a controlled demolition. So Jim, uh, calling it out like it is, that's good to see. But, you know, folks, we have a serious situation that's going to take us out a while. So once again, 
U.S. oil inventories are depleting quickly. Only massive transfers from the SPR have keeping the inventory somewhat stable. Now imagine what will happen soon when the SPR runs low. That's your strategic petroleum reserve. So yeah, we still are right there on the brink of the oil and gas shortages hitting uh, the United States. Burning that strategic petroleum reserve right now when we're not in a wartime, when we're not in an emergency, we should not be in this situation. Yeah. And uh, these people are walking into their own demise. That's why I just laugh at these TikTok triggered. The triggered TikTok folks, I just laugh. I mean, and pray and say, hopefully they can figure it out. But they're walking into their own demise. Right. And um, if you go back, it had to be this way, in my opinion. We had to be put through this. And hopefully we make it out with somewhat of a country on the other side, somewhat of a, uh, we haven't absolutely bent over and been given up to the new world order, right? It's very simple. We can talk about that term. We can talk about that agenda, right? Hopefully. Continuing on. China. Okay, so we're going to compare China and the United States, the two different situations. Every, situ every country is going through its own unique situation right now. So wherever you're tuning in, which... Folks in China probably can't even tap into this stream. But let's talk about this. Chinese real estate market is considering, uh, considered the most important sector in the world. The total value stands at $60 trillion, more than the entire U.S. equity market and two times our housing market. It's unraveling now with the S&P predicting another 30% drop, one and a half times worse than the 2008 crash. So this Chinese property market has gone absolutely bust. Continuing on, Chinese citizens are obsessed with real estate. And by the way, this is from Market Sentiment on Twitter. Huge shout out, Market Sentiment. Chinese citizens are obsessed with real estate as their stock market is completely opaque and still hasn't recovered from the 2008 crash. It was the real estate market that propelled China's rapid growth ever since the 08 crisis. As investors piled onto real estate, 70% of China's household wealth is now tied to properties. The real estate craze was so high that buyers had to pay up to 30% of the home value and start paying their mortgage even before the construction started. As with all types of hype bubbles, people thought that the value of real estate would never decrease. Home buyers would spend as much as 23 times their annual income to buy a home with the mortgage sometimes taking up more than half their gross take-home pay. This led to property developers creating a Ponzi scheme where they sell projects that haven't yet started and use that money to start other projects and the cycle continues. The problem became public when the pre-sale properties were not being completed. So in, in, they got the charts here to show this, to verify this data, these statements. As more and more properties fell behind on constructions, buyers have staged a mortgage boycott where all home buyers with outstanding mortgage loans will stop paying unless construction resumes. This is a vicious cycle where home buyers are halting mortgage payments which then would strain the property developers causing further construction delays. Sales of apartments nationwide have slumped annually for 13 consecutive months, forcing the government to step in. The United States Federal Reserve even came on record to say that the fragility in China's real estate se sector could spread to the U.S. if it deteriorated dramatically. China, instead of playing it safe, has done the unthinkable by lowering interest rates and injecting more money into the economy as a last-ditch effort to stay afloat for a little bit longer. But economists think that this could be too little, too late, and too uh, uh, inefficient. 
Same story that's happening in the United States. Spoiler alert. I'm going to go over uh, the United States data in the next post. Spoiler alert. Same situation taking place right here. As Goldman Sachs pointed out, mortgage boycotts have made people reluctant to buy a home, which resulted in 30% lower sales. So now people aren't even buying uh, real estate, period. Right? The whole thing's just basically shut down. The most important asset class in the world. This in turn reflects a loss of confidence in the housing market and throughout the entire economy. Since China publishes its own numbers and maintains an extremely tight grip on the economy, they can keep kicking the can further and further into the future. But eventually, data will come out and it's going to have serious consequences in the U.S. as well. The U.S. has substantially increased investment in China over the past decade. Uh, talk about BlackRock, too. Adding to this, the U.S. equity market has also exposure to Chinese companies. Uh, the direct impact might be low, but the perception of things getting worse could have ripple effects on our markets. Wow. You don't say ripple effects on our markets. Really? I didn't, I didn't even read this full thread. This is just, this is my first time reading through this full thing. A lot of research went into this. And if you found it insightful, please share by retweeting the first tweet. Yeah. So huge shout out to market sentiment. But he says, the direct impact might be low, but the perception of things getting worse could have ripple effects on our markets i.e. it's going to get a whole lot worse. And it's not little ripples. It's financial tsunami. As we've been talking about on this show the whole time. Let's move on over to the United States. As I take a sip of the cold beverage. Hey, cheers to everyone tuning in tonight. I do appreciate you guys. We have super chats in the house. Dean, five spot. How do you feel about the videos coming out on China's impending economic collapse? The videos out of that country scare me. They frighten me. I pray for that country. Yeah. Dean, I appreciate that super chat. Thank you, brother. How do you feel about the videos? You know, it's crazy what we're seeing. It's insane. I pray for those people over there. Um, every country in the world is dealing with its own situation right now, right? Every country in the, uh, across this planet has its own deal. Talking about the United States, this is from Daniela DiMartino Booth. Talking about quantitative tightening, okay? So this is a post she's retweeting. The original post talks about QT, Fed style. Fed's balance sheet isn't much different today at $8.85 trillion than when it started tightening uh, monetary policy back in March when they said that they were going to start the quantitative tightening and when they've started to raise the interest rates now. Total assets have shrunk by just $100 billion since April. 25 billion a month. So let's get these numbers straight. Nearly 9 trillion. Let's simplify and round up for everyone. Nearly 9 trillion of a balance sheet for our Federal Reserve. Uh, since April, they have only shrunk that balance sheet by a hundred billion. $9 trillion balance sheet. They've only shrunk it by 25 billion a month. Okay. Absolute joke. And we knew that they were going to have no buyers. Back, back um, when they were going to start this program, I said that, folks, there's no way. They have no buyers. Who's going to buy all this crap from them? Treasury notes, treasury bonds, the two-year, the five-year, the 10-year. What a terrible deal. Who's going to buy that? Who wants any assets of the United States government? Right? Like, they have no buyers. I don't even know who that $25 billion a month has been going to. Who's been buying that? Who's stupid enough to make that deal, right? But 
Daniela says, and markets are just now feeling the effects of draining liquidity. Wait until October after first full month of 60 billion and treasuries quantitative easing is in the books. I'm going to be interested to see if they actually do that, if they actually get rid at 60 billion per month. But this goes to show that they're just starting. There was two programs that the Federal Reserve was going to do, two levers. Let's make this simple. Two levers that the United States Federal Reserve was going to pull. They were going to raise interest rates to kill off demand. And then they were going to start quantitative tightening, reducing their balance sheet. Not, not continuing to buy these assets and propping up these markets, propping up the dollar, continuing to inject and stimulate the economy in the United States dollar in every way possible. They have multiple different solutions, right? Multiple little levers that they can pull. And then you can just get the, the federal government in the past couple of years, we do stimmy checks. We pass all these bills and we give out all that free money. And then it happens down at the state level too. Like it was just from the top down, everyone wins a prize. Everyone gets a UBI check. But Daniela says that the markets are just now feeling the effects of draining liquidity. And what was that article that we shared right here from FX Hedge? U.S. mortgage lenders are starting to go broke. Independent mortgage lenders are seeing their credit lines cut. So we look at this Fed balance sheet chart. I mean, it's an absolute joke. They cannot get anyone to buy these assets. That's the very top of that chart right there. It's kind of zoomed in for you guys, but you guys can see that. We're at $8.85 Okay, and uh, they've only reduced it by a hundred billion, so that's why it's it's got a slight curve. I got to zoom in on the chart for you guys, so you can even see the chart slightly go down. Absolute joke, and we said that from the very beginning that there was no way that they were going to be able to get people to buy this thing. Hey, I see we got six hundred with us in the live stream. It's an absolute party. We got a couple hundred on TikTok. Thank you so much for joining. If you guys could tap the screen on TikTok and share the stream. And then on YouTube, if you guys could just smash that thumbs up for me, I'd greatly appreciate that. And huge shout out to everyone in this community that's helping me share this message far and wide. We're about to smash through 40,000 followers on the YouTube program. Thank you so much for tuning in. Okay, tonight we were going to be talking about this forced buyback of XRP. What are we talking about with this whole situation with the buyback? Are they going to let us own XRP? Well, starting out, I wanted to share this tweet from Nathaniel Rothschild. I don't even know. Can we confirm if this guy's an actual Rothschild? But this guy's on Twitter, and I would definitely listen to anything that a Rothschild would have to say. One of the most elite families going back centuries now, uh, controlling the private central banking. You will all be forced to use XRP, direct or indirect. Now, we can see now that the, the main utility for XRP is wholesale payments, liquidity solutions on the back end. It's not designed for a retail consumer. It's not designed for us to really buy our coffee with, right? It's meant to move trillions of dollars. We just haven't gotten the green light. U.S. regulatory clarity will be coming in soon. This Ripple lawsuit will be over soon. And then we can start solving trillion-dollar problems, and that'll be really fun for Ripple and team and everyone who owns XRP and is building on XRP because it's going to be one of the best projects to be tapped into. But Nathaniel Rothschild right here is saying, you all you will all be forced to use XRP direct or indirect. And that, I think it, it, he's just clarifying the point basically that uh, what we've been saying this whole time, right? It's not meant for retail use. It's meant for wholesale treasury flows, back end payments that are big, not little, not little deals, not little payments. 
Well, then Digital Asset Investor gets shared this by Nate855 on Twitter. Nathan Price on Twitter, huge shout out. Uh, Digital Asset Investor shares this with all of us. Put this in the it's not for us file. Hold your XRP close. And if we look at this, this is from, I pulled this up. It's from Perkins Cooey. It's a document, the virtualcurrencyreport.com. And you can go pull this up. Could blockchain push syndicated loans over the regulatory edge? This is from Perkins Cooey. The ones who gave Ripple the green light. They, they, they basically, uh, you know, advised Ripple at one point. And then they have also been representing Ethereum in the consensus, right? But put this in a, it's not for us file. Check out what they say. And they actually quote the World Economic Forum website uh, in this, in this ar article, in this document, in this report here. They say, the SEC has also filed a brief arguing that syndicated loan participants were securities, although the court uh, concluded they were not. Restricting investors might help. And then they link a World Economic Forum website. Lenders are also exploring use of blockchain to facilitate the formation and operation of syndicates. And they link the WEF website. Continuing, if these financial institutions use the technology to reduce settlement times from several weeks to a day or two, or how about three to five seconds on the XRP ledger. However, this could broaden the secondary market in funded loans and invite reconsideration of their classif classification as securities. Investor expectations may become murkier. However, if a broad range of investors naively acquire loans, if attorneys can find sim sympathetic plaintiffs who lost money in syndicated loans, this could provide the impetus for a court to reclassify the loans as securities. If syndicated loans were treated as securities, they would need to comply with the requirements for private placements. Uh, this suggests that it may be worthwhile to restrict users of the new system to qualified institutional buyers. That's the main point right there. That's the main kicker where we get into this forced buyback like they did with gold back in the day. Roosevelt bought back the gold, right? And then price set the gold at a higher price after they took it in. And guys, this is like DAI says, there's a reason why we've been able to cover the stories in regards to XRP every single day because it's a nonstop full-time job in this community, which huge shout out to the XRP community. I mean, it's the one community that I felt like I always resonated with in the crypto space because it's like, we're having the adult conversation. We're gonna solve huge problems. This is legit. We don't have downtime. We don't have BS. We don't need to upgrade. It just works. It makes sense. And we have a transparent company in Ripple that is going around and making all these partnerships where this conversation gets really interesting though is what is the XRP price gonna go to? For us that are acquiring this little coin, this little piece of uh, digital gold that's going to run the liquidity solutions and the trillions of dollars daily for the new financial system, are we gonna be able to hold this coin? Are they going to buy it back from us? What would the buyback price be? And this is a legitimate document here put out by Perkins Cooey you know, lawyers that are basically helping with this whole um, rollout of digital technology. The, the, these lawyers are one of the main uh, corporate law firms that represents, I mean, their motto here, counsel to great companies. They're, they're, they're working with the biggest and best in the whole damn system. But I wanted to bring this up, and this is where this gets interesting, is uh, 
me see if I can, none of these, uh, right here, I pulled up the Fifth Amendment. The fifth, the fifth Amendment creates a number of rights relevant to both criminal and civil legal proceedings. Primarily, in criminal cases, the Fifth Amendment guarantees your right to a grand jury and forbids double jeopardy and protects against self-incrimination. That's cool. That's a nice right to have. But the second part of the Fifth Amendment is what we're going to be using in the class action lawsuit, is what we're going to be using in the Supreme Court battle, is what we would be using with John Deaton and the... Uh, the likes of John Deaton representing us in a court of law here in the United States, where thank God they gave us this constitution. The second part of the fifth amendment says it also requires that due process of law be part of any proceeding that denies a citizen life, liberty, or property and requires the government to compensate citizens when it takes private property for public use. Let me give you the direct quote from the constitution. nor shall be compelled in any criminal case to be a witness against himself, nor be deprived of life, liberty, or property without due process of law, nor shall private property be taken for public use without just compensation. This is where I thank Jimmy Valley, Val Hill Capital, writing up a proposal for the Federal Reserve. Is it ridiculous? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. As someone who has created securities, is a securities lawyer, to come up and make the case and justification that XRP, the buyback price should be 30-something thousand dollars. Oh my gosh, it's insane. But he actually makes the case. Without just compensation. If you guys want to go this route, if you want to take our XRP, we can make a case that the value is in the Yes, the market cap is in the trillions of dollars. It's much larger than that. Especially as um, we see this new financial system roll out, they've held back regulatory clarity in the United States and other markets. Other markets are further ahead, but everyone's waiting on the United States. Everyone's waiting to see what happens with this U.S. dollar reserve currency. And... The situation has gone with the military war, right? The world stage events has gone live. And they've also been aligning financially with the BRICS nations. Militarily, financially, we're starting to see everyone's dropping the dollar. Everyone's dropping our SWIFT system. Do we have a plan? Do they have an offer for us as XRP holders? Do they need our XRP that bad? I just shared a post in my last live stream where I was talking about how um, I forget the name of a guy. It was a guy who's been in payments since early 2000, where he was talking about how banks don't care that uh, Ripple owns so much of the XRP escrow that allows them to basically pre-allocate the XRP to themselves to have options on that XRP. But then they don't care that the regular person, the regular Joe Blow is going to make some money off this thing. So, do I want to sell back my XRP at three bucks? Do I want to sell it back at a dollar? Do I want to sell it back at 10,000? Well, at 10,000, I would sit down at the table. If I'm going to be honest at $10,000, I would sit down at the table, right? Like that, that'd be kind of cool. But we really make the case on this channel that if XRP is going to get up any percentage of these different markets, of these different asset classes, of these different flows of liquidity, 
we go to a three-digit price at minimum, two to three digits just to get the party started, just to flip the switch and turn on real chunks of the liquidity, real chunks, portions of SWIFT, portions of the clearinghouse in America. We get smart contracts built on it. And now you've seen some Codeus videos have been flowing around recently on uh, Twitter and within the YouTube community as well. So that's been interesting to watch is that Codeus is starting to ramp up and pick up a little bit of attention right there too because it's like, what's been going on with that? The most advanced smart contracts platform known to man is what they called it. And so we're waiting here. Now, if we go look at these TA guys that throw out ridiculous price predictions of, in this case, Dark Defenders throwing up 30 bucks. I'm going to show a, a chart from Crypto Bull so everyone will get uh, upset about that because these guys have been wrong forever. But I got to show you guys these charts. I got to show you these predictions because at the end of the day, it doesn't matter when it happens. We're going to do something. The United States is playing a game. The United States is stalling the whole world. The United States Western power uh, cabal central bankers that control our country are trying to keep control. They want to roll out their system. The New World Order complete digitized beast system a lot of people sold their, their their souls to the dollar, but we you know we've been rolling around with fiat money. They're moving to plastic. They're moving to polymer in UK. Guys, the end goal is to go cashless, full CBD control, surveillance of everything. We're waiting to see what happens here. But to me, this the, the movement's set in stone. What world we're going to be in, and when it's going to happen, that's the big what ifs. When is XRP gonna moon? I don't know. When is it gonna go to $30? I don't know. When is it gonna go to three digits? I don't know. But I'm confident, I've invested like it will go to those prices with ease. We haven't had the utility bull run. So we've just been playing in the crypto space so far. Establishing a new world reserve currency, a digital one, is what needs to be done. XRP's already done it. That's the whole point. Ripple stated it was so simple in 2017 that they had a simple goal of making XRP a world reserve currency. Make it as liquid as a G10 currency. In this new financial system, you're going to have CBDCs underneath XRP. When it comes to value flows, liquidity flows, treasury flows, money value moving on this planet in this reality. Whether the Earth is, is flat or a sphere, it doesn't matter. We have to solve trillion-dollar problems. <laughs> and Ripple has set up themselves to be a lender of last resort in this coming liquidity, debt crisis, these price actions. Everyone wants to beat me up. I see the comments every time I show Crypto Bull. Everyone, I, and I get, you know, these are such vague charts. He doesn't even put the price right there, right? Whatever. He just says that we're repeating a historical pattern on a more massive scale, breakout, falling wedge, explosion. If we repeat this, get ready for your rockets. It's cute. It's funny. People get upset. People get bent out of shape. Well, you're just being impatient, right? But the reason why I pulled up this chart, look at that spring that's being built. If you look at that chart, it looks like a spring that's about to go, right? That falling wedge is like, if you visualize like a spring, look how big, how much bigger that wedge is from that bottom one. I like to say that I'm doing doofus more on TA. 
throw up a couple lines, see the support and resistance, check the moving average, it's a lagging indicator, check a couple other indicators and maybe the moon phase, and I call it doofus more on TA. Well, anybody can look at this chart and see that when this thing breaks out, it's stupid. There's no limit on this thing. We're debating right now what the buyback price would be and what the set flip of the switch price is after settlement, after the stage lawsuit's over, after the show's over, Ripple wins the lawsuit, Trump returns back to being president. Yes, sorry, that's included. Whether that offends you or not, I'm sorry. Yes, that's part of the story. You can choose to be offended or you can partake in the greatest transfer of wealth in world history. How's your program working out so far? I don't get offended by anyone. No one can hurt my feelings. And my program is watching what these elites are doing. Watching what's going on at these closed door meetings. And then we look up these these charts, these memes, and we see Dark Defender. I love his technical analysis work. It's been pretty good. XRP can touch $30 close to the settlement. Time is passing one minute at a time. I'm back and analyze tomorrow. Love you all. So it looks like he's going to be coming back with some fresh TA after taking a break. So nonetheless, guys, $30. You look at this chart, massive breakout. Absolutely massive breakout. Looks like a good time. That chart looks like a good time. Let's talk about our precious metals, though, real quick. You have been reading about gold leaving the COMEX vault at huge rates. But is it really significant? The COMEX has a gold kilo vault, and yesterday, 41% of their gold said bye-bye and left. So the COMEX vaults have a gold kilo vault, and nearly half that vault left. The physical gold left. Boy, the flip of the switch moment includes precious metals. If you guys aren't seeing that, if you guys aren't tapped in on that, please understand that. And... I actually wish I had a little bit more silver, but I've been accumulating what I can afford. You guys know me. Irresponsible with XRP. Um, buying XRP basically primarily during the bear market here. Okay. But the silver, the gold, these markets are absolutely jacked up. And we're starting to see the data. We're starting to see the reportings here that confirm that. We saw China is now... Uh, basically ending one of the largest banks in China is ending the derivatives for gold paper trading in China it is one of their largest banks. No more derivatives trading for gold period. Folks, I've, I've heard price predictions for gold anywhere from 10 to 15. If we're going to talk ridiculous price predictions after these flip of the switch, after the reset, whatever you want to call it, what's been publicized for everyone to now see, Gold goes 10,000 plus from what I'm hearing. Silver goes to three digits. XRP, we talk about that all the time. You know, I'm here for two, three digits to get started, to feel like we've actually accomplished half of our mission. I always say, if we're halfway wrong, we still change our lives. We still uh, create little, you know, a little bit of profit. <laughs> you know, if we're halfway wrong. But everything that we're seeing, everything from the documents that we covered here tonight, as regard as Perkins Coie talking about restricting investors from being able to buy these assets, buy these uh, collateralized loans. And this is where XRP gets interesting because every other asset on the XRP ledger is represented as an IOU. 
XRP is the native currency of the ledger. Everything else is an IOU. XRP is a whole different beast, completely different beast when it comes to this cryptocurrency space. And I mean, folks, uh, we're going to be talking about in my Discord group a lot about our wealth strategy for when this moment happens. Whether you create generational wealth when XRP goes to $10, 50 bucks, or 100 bucks, or you know, you got gold and silver, you got other things, you got a business. What are we going to be doing with this when it comes? To me, it's inevitable. It's a matter of time here. And uh, what an amazing time to be alive watching this system unfold, being able to take part in this transfer of wealth. That's what this show's about. Like I said earlier, you know, I, I mentioned Trump again. I, I can't mention Trump, right? Um, I do think that part of it's coming, he's coming back, you know. Um, a lot of people, you know, are, are going to be kind of mesmerized, I think, after this all is done and plays out. You know, it's like XRP is going to do something crazy. Trump will return. And it's like, um, I'm not really concerned about being right and being able to say, oh, I told you so. I called this. It's more about, are we going to survive? Like The situation's that crazy. The liquidity, debt crisis, health crisis, food, water, everything. Is that insane? That I always just, you know, may God be with us. I mean, look at the health crisis, the data that's been coming out in regards to that. Absolutely insane. YouTube, if you could smash that thumbs up while we have 900 of us in the party tonight. And can we take a sip of a adult beverage or something cold? I do appreciate you guys for tuning in tonight. What an absolute uh, amazing opportunity here. Sunday night, greatest transfer of wealth in world history. We're finally tapping in. Um, we're, hitting ma we're hitting mass awareness. And uh, I think a lot of people, they see surface level. They see a Trump video. But then if they come join our live stream, they'll just see, you know, it's like we're just trying to help people out. We're just trying to help people ride out this storm. I think that if, you know, whether you like Trump, whether you don't, it doesn't matter whether Biden's running the country or, you know, it's, it's uh, whoever, it doesn't matter. I started my business when Obama was president. Um, whatever it takes to get you motivated in, in action, I don't try to do f doom and gloom. Sometimes I get those comments, people saying, oh, you're all doom and gloom. I said, well, listen to another stream. Because if I didn't talk about the, our program, I'm like the most transparent with our program. And I just call it my program because that's what, you know, we do here is, you know, influencer gurus. I hate to say that. I don't consider myself that. I just consider myself a simple guy reporting the news and sharing how I'm losing money, how I plan on making money, what little money I'm making, how I want to make more money. Um, you know, thank you for tuning in to another episode of the greatest transfer of wealth with your host, Zach Rector. Please remember to follow us over on Twitter, TikTok, YouTube, and Rumble. To get in touch, please just head on over to ZachRector.com. You can check out all of our affiliate links and get access to our exclusive Discord community over at the website. We appreciate all of you for tuning in, and all that we ask is that you share this message with other like-minded individuals. If you appreciate the show, feel free to go ahead and leave us a five-star review. We will see you in the next one. Take care, and God bless.